0: You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids.
1: And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom.
0: Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock, And I'm Renee Sprouls. And this week's episode might just step on some toes. Maybe, maybe not. And we have back with us two of our favorite guests from the popular hashtag girl mom episode, which is still in our top 10 downloaded list. Y'all are Very famous. Amazing. Yes.
1: Good job. Very famous <laughs> girl.
0: <laughs>
2: yes.
0: Today we're going to be digging into kids and sports. So welcome back to Lori Shea. Thank you. And Amy Sane. Yes, thank you.
1: So we've asked them to weigh in on this topic because Lori's husband, Drew, is, how you say, a bit of a
2: sports guy. Just a little bit.
1: (laughs) Just a little bit. At least one of their three daughters played soccer seriously all the way through college. So Lori is, among other things, one of those real-life soccer moms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are. And Amy is here because of what I'd call her bird's-eye view of lots and lots of young families. Nursery through sixth grade. She's a children's minister. Listeners will remember. And her own girls have tried sports, too, but maybe not at the same level as Lori's. Mm -hmm. So full disclosure
0: for you and me, Renee, uh, my daughter did dance and gymnastics for about five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) She did t-ball around first grade, also maybe 30 minutes of that, and then rode horses for a few years. And then she jumped into cheerleading for four years, against all my better judgments, in which she broke her arm twice. And then my son did a local soccer league for a little bit. And then he was in karate trap
1: and rock climbing. How about yours? Right. So because we homeschooled, we were into the single person sports. Mm -hmm. And my philosophy was um, you sample till you find something that sticks. And so um, we did, you know, the little little people soccer and the little people t-ball emma did horseback riding for a couple of years and then dance was what stuck with her and she did dance from uh maybe seven years old to through graduation and houston um did do you know baseball and things when he was younger but ended up landing on rock climbing and spike ball which he ended up in central's high school yearbook (laughs) (laughs) With the spike ball people. I was like, hey, Houston, you had a yearbook after all. There you go. go. It's funny how that works (laughs) out.
0: So we want to do also another full
2: disclosure. So Lori, explain what we mean by your husband being a sports guy. Sure. So he um, played sports in high school. And then he went and got his degree in um, athletic training and sports medicine. So he has worked with just about every college sport that you can think of. Um, as an athletic trainer, uh, he has his master's degree in sports medicine. Um, he's worked with, um, West Virginia university, uh, LSU, MTSU. And then he also, um, worked with a world football league in Germany for a year. Um, he knows and just loves sports. I mean, he, he just enjoys everything about it. Um, the competitiveness, the, the dedication, uh, the commitment that the athletes, and then he also loves helping them, Uh, maintain their athleticism Mm -hmm. with his job. So So it was
0: kind of a given that when y'all had children, (laughs) somebody was going to be doing something.
2: You know, I think that the Lord really knew what he was doing when he gave us three daughters. We say that all the time because um, I think it could have been difficult for him to be a boy dad with as much as he loved sports. um, I just think the Lord knew what he was doing. And all three of my girls, you know, somehow end up with boys' names, and all three of them love sports in their own way. So they've got some sweet, pretty sweet uh, bonds for yeah. sports. that's cool. Well, you know mm-hmm. where they get that from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So um, we just did a little searching on some
1: statistics before we jump into Get Your Wisdom, ladies. Um, from a 2019 national survey on kids' sports, we learned the following. The average child today spends less than three years playing a sport, quitting by age 11. And parents hope that having their kids in sports will promote physical and emotional health as well as sports skills and social skills and peer relationships, with each of those reasons rating above a 4 on a scale of 1 to 5. But the most desired outcome, they say, is fun, which led the way at 4.49 on that scale. At the same time, many parents are looking for extrinsic rewards, like admissions to colleges and athletic scholarships and pro sports opportunities. Those all scored above a three.
0: Yeah. And the average age at which a kid starts playing sports, at least in America, is still close to eight, despite some starting in preschool. I thought that was
1: interesting. I thought it was older than I kind of thought it would be. That's kind of was my philosophy, was to hold off till they were more like eight. And that's what we did. But um, I think a lot of parents we've seen through the years started a lot earlier. Amy, what do you see?
3: I'm seeing it like crazy here lately. I've seen it more than I've ever seen it before. And I don't know whether it's just the wave of parents coming through that they're all just very athletically minded and want that for their children. But I mean, it's very common on a Sunday morning, you will see many of our kids come through with all their ball uniforms on because mm-hmm. they've either come from a game or they are getting ready to go to a game. So, I mean, kudos to those parents coming with the uniform on ready to go, <laughs> but I mean, they've got them at church, but I mean, they're in their uniform because they've got games that day. So, yeah. I mean, and it's preschool, like very much in preschool mm-hmm. starting at three. Yeah. You you
0: mentioned in one of our recent podcasts that Emma used to teach the preschool
1: yeah, she taught. She taught dance at once she got advanced enough, and those were the money makers. Mm-hmm. Those were the classes that filled. But she was like, those were the classes that were ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, they they were totally for the parents. Yeah, totally because the parents were willing to pay for it. They're cute and a little not tutu. because it was beneficial. Sure. She's like, it's nap time. They're exhausted. <laughs> they're hungry. It, like it was. It was. Uh, it was financial. Mm-hmm. The studio needed to do that to really provide the classes to the older ages because mm. they were smaller. Interesting. Yeah,
0: I definitely think there's a push, gosh, in all areas to expose your kids and get them involved. The more they're involved in, the more things they can excel at. And you want them to be, parents
2: just want your kids to be good at something.
3: Sure. feels great to be good at something. Mm -hmm.
2: So I'm going to take another viewpoint on that too. Um, As a therapist, I oftentimes recommend, uh, especially my um, preschoolers that have a lot of energy or that need to learn um, some gross motor skills or some fine motor skills um, those dance classes and the soccer and some of those those foundational sports um, really help those kids develop that um, so that's just another perspective Great. Point. on that with sports especially with young children we do oftentimes recommend hey karates awesome mm-hmm. you know so just another perspective.
0: I don't think all of a sudden, though, most kids in general are not developing differently. Like kids develop the way they develop; they've always developed right, that way. Right. Um, they're not now all of a sudden better focused or more
1: competitive. Um, I'm just thinking, okay, this is okay. This is full disclosure. This, uh, this is a this topic is a real sticking point with me because I think it's an idol in our culture, and I think parents really, really go the wrong way with this most of the time. And that's why I'm glad to have you ladies here, because I think you can find a way to navigate it well. I think it's generally not navigated well. And if I was thinking there was a child who needed gross motor skill development, I would say, let's go climb on a jungle gym or go climb a tree or ride a bike. Which is what we did in the seventies. Yeah. We I didn't, didn't go join a sports team. <laughs> I wasn't
0: in any sport unless you count baton twirling. Right. Which I wanted to do that <laughs> so badly. I don't know if you counted you wanted that. To do
1: baton I twirling. I did. Like <laughs> I wanted to. Like professionally. Yeah. Uh-huh. As a five year old, I was like, Oh, that looks beautiful. I'm gonna do that. But no, they they're like we didn't start sports till middle elementary and there was the local softball team and you joined it and you played on them Saturday and you maybe practiced once during the week and
0: that yeah. was
3: that the stakes were pretty low I think back when. I don't know what about you guys growing up same I mean I played in high school I played sports in high school but not in middle school or mm-hmm. elementary hmm. you might have I did a little bit of soccer in middle school I, I grew up in a
2: sports family uh-huh. I mean I've that's that's what I've just known my whole life so um like you though, I think we my brother and I were able to try a lot of different things and not pigeonhole into one sport, um, which is I mean, that's a whole other rabbit hole I can go down with injuries and so forth if you're just playing one sport. So we did try a lot of different sports mm-hmm. um growing up. Was that your choice? Uh
0: huh. Yeah. So you were just interested in general. You wanted to be physical and active and
2: yeah, I have all that in general. My whole family's and so- we're we're always on the go. We don't sit idle at all. Mm-hmm. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's just who we are. Yeah. It's just who we are.
0: Yeah. Which is great. I mean, that's... Yeah. Childhood obesity is going out the roof, and fewer and fewer families are doing Mm -hmm. that, and more people are sitting staring at screens. So the more you can be outside, the more you can be
2: playing sports.
1: Mm.
2: Uh, All that's Or hiking, or anything, Mm -hmm. you know, just as long as you're moving.
1: Yeah, getting outside. It always goes back to that Jamie Langley podcast, the being outside and moving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just get outside. But that's just not what our impulse is um as a society because it's it's the harder way it's Mm -hmm. hard to be involved and have them moving and it's easier to have them veg out Mm -hmm. and be quiet for a few minutes yep it's
0: easy so sports have long been known and touted to um develop teamwork character skills social skills peer um Conflict resolution, all that, all that stuff. Taking turns at the, at the very minimum, and goal setting. Learning how to win and lose. Mm-hmm. That's that's tough. How do you fail? How do you get back up again? All those great life lessons. Um, learning how to be coached by someone other than a parent, which is also a great life lesson that yes. we all need to learn. So, Lori, I'm curious, what is your take on this? What did you see with Madison, your daughter, in all of those areas?
2: What do you think she would say about all of those? Did sports do that for her? Yeah. So Madison is my daughter that played um, college soccer um, at a Division I school. And so the, I, it's fun to ask her this question. Um, if you could do it over again, would you do anything differently? Um, she loved the whole team aspect. In fact, I think she loved being part of a team more than the actual competition which is kind of backwards for most kids Mm. she just loved that camaraderie she loved the discipline that it taught her um personally I can say that so I was a gymnast and from that experience it taught me um discipline like I would never have been able to um think about it in any other way I mean we you know sometimes we're at the gym before school after school weekends um and it just, I had to learn to prioritize. I had to learn to figure out what's important. What do I want to do? What do I have to do? And, and then where, where does God fit in all that? And so my parents, um, for both my brother and I, we were never allowed to miss Wednesday night church, Sunday morning. I mean, that was just when those doors were open, you were there. Um, I think it's changed a little bit with COVID Because everything's online now, Mm -hmm. so that's a it's 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 we're at a different thought process through that. Which I'm not sure how I feel about that. That's another rabbit hole I can go down in a whole other conversation. How I feel about that, but um, if you asked her, she would she would say that she definitely learned um, how to be coached, how to take criticism. Um, She's very um, she, she feels very deeply. And so, she, if you tell her something, she's going to think about it, and she's going to mull it over, and she's going to really tease that apart and, and overthink it. So she really had to figure out how to be coached. Mm-hmm. Um, what a beautiful skill! Yeah, but if you told her to run, she would run, and she wouldn't stop till you told her to stop. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And if you told her you need to do this ten times, she's going to do it fifty because she wants to do it better than what you expect her to mm-hmm. do it. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? So it's yeah. just a different mindset. Mm-hmm. My other mm-hmm. daughters would be like, yeah, five's good. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I
1: mean?
0: <laughs> Same,
2: five, great.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but really, like, I, I mean, I do admire, like, that's a beautiful thing to think about, learning to be coached, because that is the only way you grow in life, period, is to hear something realistic about yourself, mm. and then have the courage to move in to the change, to the work, to go to the a different place, mm-hmm. next level, or or make a change. I think a, a lot of times with sports
0: kids, that's where you find your inner drive mm-hmm. or motivation. Like you were saying, for each kid's different, obviously, but um, yeah, some kids it's kind of they're not competing against the other team. It's like, what did I do better this time,
2: mm. and how can I improve next time? One hundred percent. They, um, I think, something that. I don't know if this is the right time to bring it up but before your kids with with all my kids before they started playing sports I think that's when you when they're little you start laying that foundation of who you are. And so I think it's really important especially if you've got a child that is athletic and that they they are really good at a sport or a an instrument or whatever it is that they're they excel at. That before any of that, they know that they are um, a child of God, and that that's who they are, and that's where their identity lies. Because, especially with sports, at the end of the day, it's gonna stop sometime. Yeah, even if you are GoPro and you're you're gonna stop at some point, and then you're faced with what's my identity? Who am I without X, Y, Z? And so if if they've if they've got that identity of being god's child um then when they have to give up that sport of that thing that they love they haven't lost who they are sure does that make
0: sense oh absolutely i think that's a great life lesson mm-hmm. for everybody like i'm a i'm a christian who is raising my child because that's gonna stop eventually too mm-hmm. right and and a lot of moms sit there at the end of that empty nest going uh-oh like what what now <laughs> I'm I'm just talking for a friend. This is totally theory. Hypothetically. Right. So yeah, to teach your kid that too. Like um, I'm a Christian. I'm God's child who plays tennis. Right. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Which which comes first? Makes a big difference in their
1: identity. Okay. So Drew was such a sports guy. You kind of saw the right and you were a sports person. Yep. Why is he, why are you a sports person? And he's a guy. You're a sports gal and he's a sports guy <laughs> and you're like we're going to be a sports family. This is probably where we're headed. We love this. Um so what about you Amy? Did you see like from very early on, hey, we're probably going to be a family who d- our children do sports?
3: Uh no. I um- uh, the only thing that Robert plays golf, Robert's a big golfer. Now he was also a coach too in high school and played basketball, all those things. But really in the end, as it all settles, golf is his love. And so um, we just pretty much assumed that our girls would play golf because he used to say when Delaney was just tea tiny little, um, one day they're going to come home with a boy. And you guys are going to go have a great time. And I've got to hang out with this kid. And I really want to hang out with my daughter. And I want her to play with me, not just the boy play with me. So Delaney started golf. She actually did play in college, too. I wouldn't say it was her love, like Maddie felt about about soccer. But um, she did play it. And we did spend... I mean, golf is no... Um, quick sport. Golf is hours long. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, but it was, we did it for school, but she also did it individually. So we did do that, but um, I don't necessarily feel like it was as involved as what you guys, cause you guys were in a travel team and you, you had a different, it was a different dynamic. But, um, and then my second one watched her older sister Grind so hard at golf, she was out. She was like, What are to do? And she did cheer at school, but nothing that was totally taxing. It was a really great time. We loved cheer, just so you know. Bonnie. <laughs> okay, we you didn't was, have two broken arms. We, right no. we had no broken arms, <laughs> but we had a ball and loved our coach. We had lots of great experiences with cheer. Um, but and then my third though, um, on the other hand, she's really athletic. Um, she's got a great athletic build. She's just, she is, and she's at a school where she could play every sport that she wants to possibly play, which is pretty awesome. Um, and I mean, I honestly, truly inside, I'm the competitive one in our family. Like, I mean, I'm burning on like, does she do travel? Does she not? We've already done the travel with volleyball and, you know, I've mixed emotions about that. But, um, anyway, oh, so we had a little bit of, that leads me into a good, uh, interesting question. So Ooh. do you... When you
0: have somebody who does a fall sport, for example, mm-hmm. do you do you limit – what's your thought about that? Do you limit in any way, okay, we're going to do one activity, One, pick your one sport, your one season, or is it like, hey, what do you want to do in summer? What do you want to do this spring? What do you want to do this fall?
3: Oh, I think it just really has to depend on your family and mm-hmm. your child. I mean, that's there is no clean-cut answer on that. Um, I know of some families that feel like sports completely take – their child away from their family. I know of other families that they are all in together together Uh and supporting their children in their, in their sports. And there's lots of sweet memories with both of that. I will say for Addison, um, our youngest for her travel ball, um, Robert and I were a house divided. I worked on Sunday mornings, So guess who took her to all the travel once Robert did every once in a while. I did. I would say I'll take this weekend if I could do it and navigate church. But, um, Well, I mean, everyone thought Robert and I were divorced because we were never, ever, ever (laughs) together. It was quite comical. Um, I mean, I don't want to say, there were some sweet memories with that. I mean, Addison and Robert had some really sweet bonds that honestly they would have not gotten if they hadn't gone on those travel Mm -hmm. weekends. So there's Mm -hmm. certain things that I see a lot of positivity with that. So um, I think if that went all year long, um, yeah, I think I'd mourn our family being at home together for sure. But I think you kind of have to take it one at a time. So that's how, how I feel about.
0: I d- just personal, my personal experiences. I, it, I got weary. Yeah. Of. You can. Um, and I just had two kids, not three of everyone's got their own activities. And, and we said, okay, you pick one thing this year because I didn't want to be, and there was one day <laughs> or one season where right after school, my daughter would have cheerleading practice and my son would have karate and it, they were. 30 minutes across town from each other. Mm-hmm. drop one off, fight the traffic to go across town, drop the other one off. By that time the first practice was done, I'm over across town again, picking up the one, then picking up the other. Mm-hmm. And you're eating garbage in the car on the way home because you either eat at four or you eat at nine. Right. Like, pick one. <laughs> There's no family. So that was just a little bit of time. And I was just like, whew, I just for me and us, I, I could not keep that up season after season. So...
3: Yeah, I guess you just have to pick your poison. Um, I don't know what else to say. If um, for Addison, if she was like really into her sport, um, we'd probably go right along with it and just figure it out and navigate it as a family. Um, So I guess everyone's just a little bit different on that. I know, I know of a mom that I mean, her children were very athletic inclined, um, but basically said, no, I, I, I want more family time and I don't want to compete with the sport. And her, their kids weren't able to do sports, like period. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was their choice. So, um, you know, I don't know. For us, I don't think that would have been that way if, if she showed an interest and really wanted to do it. Now, if I'm shoving it down her throat, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But if this is her saying, I really, yeah. I really love this and I want to do it and we can do it, then we probably navigate away and figure it out. So, okay. But I understand It can go weary on a, like she just finished volleyball and we were at home last night and had dinner together and we kind of were like, well, it's kind of nice. So, I mean, I, I do understand what you're saying on that, but, um, I mean, those games are a lot of fun too. Do you know what I I mean? There's a little mix of all that.
0: But then you, sometimes you've got the sibling who like, I need to be home doing my homework and you're dragging me to this practice and the sibling, everybody, like you either do it as a whole family or you're kind of splintered. I don't know. That was just my experience.
1: Yes. In the homeschool world, you know, we were the anomaly. Nobody has just two kids. So everybody's got like four or five, six, eight. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times they would, the big, big families would say what you're saying. So you can only do one thing and it, and it cannot be your round. It has to be a seasonal sport and, and you choose it. Or I do know some who did like the four siblings on a basketball team. Kind of a thing. So they, where they were
3: all they were the team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> a good only of that? on the floor. So <laughs> they have
1: four siblings, really. Yeah. So my this one friend I'm thinking of, she has eleven children. Okay. And so four of them. She did have
3: a team. That's yes. awesome.
1: Yeah. She had four born naturally born and then seven adopted. And then, wow, then that's great. Dozens, scores, honestly, um, foster children through their home. But um yeah. So, so practically speaking, for them, they were like, "This it has to all be. Mm-hmm. This um, is the sport, and we're doing it yeah, together. This has to be the sport, and we're yeah. doing it together." Um, yeah. For me, I, I was I struggled so hard with this. I remember um, back when we were raising our kids, Bonnie. I was thinking, I don't want to travel. I don't. I don't want to hand my child over to someone else for all those hours. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was the worst parent in the world. I was like, I'm ruining their future. I'm cutting off opportunities. Um, I like all of these for not choosing the sport. Yes, okay. For not right. choosing Understand. the sport, it was a lot of
3: pressure. Yes,
1: it was. I felt. I felt Especially very. I, I'm torn. sure it is for boys. Yeah, very. Yeah, it was with Houston. Very mm-hmm. torn because he showed a really high aptitude for baseball and I was like sitting so, and they were like okay here's the next thing and here's the team so when we were living in Indiana and um here's the hours it's going to be and I looked at David and I was like I'm not willing to give those hours away to someone else mm-hmm. um I didn't have your marble
3: example Amy yeah but it's true that it, those which marbles is what, <laughs> slip away quickly <laughs> you have tell the listeners you have, about, you have 900 I'm probably some of them know about it but um from birth to 18 you have 936 weeks to raise your children and so the idea is take a marble out every week and just realize how those marbles like drift away in the middle of it it seems daunting but then when it gets closer to the end you're like oh my gosh i only have what how many more marbles?" <laughs> so you freak out so it's very it's a good visual to stay intentional with your children as you're raising them that's mm-hmm. the whole marble mm-hmm. thing so it's a great one
1: so that's why i mean partly because of that and then partly because just of our educational choice which was homeschool mm-hmm. um we couldn't participate in school sports. And so team sports were kind of off the table unless they were just the rec league um, sport. And so we decided movement was important mm-hmm. to our kids. So we decided like, well, what can they do that's an individual sport that we could do during the day? And then we would all be home that night. Now, of course, as you get better, that doesn't work anymore because the the classes for your advanced sport or in the evening. Mm. But it did buy us some time. It bought us some years um, at home. But that was just us. I mean, other really good families make different decisions. But the thing I think a lot of families are not doing is counting the cost. Yeah,
3: I think I might agree with that. And
1: being intentional about Um, The rides in the car, which I bet you had a lot of great conversations in the car, Lori, (laughs) knowing you, you know, I mean, honestly, I agree. And it's your, if you're, you you just, what are you saying yes to? And then what are, what are the repercussions of that? And just because we said no to team sports doesn't mean like our family was instantly healthy and great and wonderful. If I've stick, let them sit in front of the TV and we don't Engage with one another. We don't look each other in the eye or go outside together or whatever. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. So so you mentioned opportunity. You felt really pressured that you weren't giving your kids these opportunities, Mm -hmm. which I think a lot of parents feel um, that pressure. But in reality, the statistics prove that, what is it, the percentage? Um, Only around, well, less than 2% of high school athletes get some kind of athletic scholarship. So- your child Lori was a, a nominally.
1: <laughs> um, she had an athletic trainer that was world renowned. She, as a dad, yeah, a little that, bit that,
0: of cheating that's going on there,
2: but that's okay. So, but you pause <laughs> and think about that for a moment, and um, you know, Maddie gave up a lot to play her sport. Um, she was blessed not to have any major injuries through high school, um, and because of that, when she got her scholarship, um. She decided to give up half of her senior year Mm -hmm. um, because she didn't want to risk injury um, before she played in in college. So she didn't play her senior year of of soccer, uh, which I know she regrets not doing that. But she gave that up, and she chose to intensely train instead. Um, And then she went with her dad being, you know, taking care of – all the college athletes, and three weeks into um, her college career, she tore her ACL. I'll never forget that call I got. I was teaching a class at MTSU, and she called, and I couldn't even understand her because she was crying so hard. And so she tore her ACL three weeks into her college athletic mm-hmm. career, and you know, even with that, that injury changed the outcome of her expectations for her whole, um, college experience Mm. with playing soccer. So Mm. you can, I think as parents and, and students and athletes, you can plan and prep as much as you want to, but really it's completely out of your control over what happens. And that's, I think where your mental, um, mindset has to really come into play, Mm. um, on how you handle things. And that's Amen. what's And all those lessons
0: are. about who I really was in the that's first yes. place. Mm-hmm. All those lessons that's about right. what did I do with failure. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's where they're put <laughs> rubber hitting the road right there.
1: That's a good uh, we did we that's a good segue into that statistic you found, Bonnie, which was the Stanford Children's Health website that said, um, thirty million children and teens participate in some form of organized sports. And there's three and a half million injuries per year, mm. which caused some loss of time of participation. And almost one third of those occurred in Injuries occurred in – almost one-third of those injuries incurred in childhood are sports-related. Mm-hmm. So you, you just said Maddie stayed healthy during her childhood. I mean, healthy,
2: yeah. I mean, we had your typical sprains and, you know, torn muscles and strains and that kind of stuff. Um, Mackenzie had two ankle surgeries. Um, Alex and Maddie both tore their ACLs. Um, you know, so (laughs) you've had plenty. So you're in the
1: three and a half million for sure. Several Mm ERs.
2: It just, it just is what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, the risks if you're going to play a sport and, um, it just is what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not, we always joke. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, um, especially when you're playing at, um, you know, more competitive level. Um, so you just,
3: you know that going into it when you make those choices.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And we had, a, well, how about you guys? Uh, you guys well, get-
3: um, yeah, my youngest has been in a boot quite a few times. Drew's been over our house many a <laughs> times checking at us at the end of a practice. Mm. He does house calls. So, yeah, he does of <laughs> house calls. Anyway, but yes, I mean, um, I will have to say those injuries, there is something to be said about um, in anything. You know, you think about you break your arm or you've got a sling. All of a sudden, you know, you're having to rework the way you do certain things. It's challenging mentally and all. Some of that I think is kind of good. Like, I think it's um, a little refining. You must admit, like, when they were going through their surgeries, and stuff, it's very refining in a way, I think. So I don't count it all bad, that makes are sense. Are you saying yeah. just, like, the suffering? Yeah. yeah I learning mean, to suffer well. Because it isn't. It's, yeah. it's a the case in point. It isn't always going to work out like you think it's going to. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to navigate now right. when, you know, your mm-hmm. life goes off mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. exactly the way you think it's going to? Mm-hmm. Well,
2: and what p- most people don't know is that Madison –
3: loves
2: soccer. I mean, loves it. And that's what she wanted to do. Um, But because of that injury, which ended up lingering, um, I think we've counted she maybe played four games her entire – Now, she still had the scholarship, (laughs) but she didn't get to play Mm -hmm. because by the time you, you know, rehab for a year, your spot's gone. Unless you are a phenomenal, you know, so there's so many different levels. So if, even if you, you do, you're blessed enough to have a child that's going to play at that collegiate level, it still may not go as you plan. Is that the only time she
1: sat the bench?
2: No. I mean, you, whenever you play travel sports or a high competitive sport, uh, you're going to set the bench because there's always someone that is vying for that spot. You know, you're fighting for, for your play. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. So it is a, Big lesson on okay, what kind of person, what kind of teammate are you going to be yep. on the bench? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're being recruited, you better believe that those coaches are looking at you on the bench. Yes. What kind of teammate are you on the bench? Um, do you have an attitude on the bench? Um, so it's that was it's hard and and. Uh, I mean, I sat the bench. So I know how
0: it feels. <laughs> uh, me too. I liked it sometimes sitting at the bench because I, I didn't want
1: to be out there. I mean, yeah. What were, did, the, did you have conversations in your house about that? Like, how did that, how did you debrief about bench
2: time? Well, I mean, for us, it was mostly like the questions were, what do you think I can do to not sit the bench? <laughs> because <laughs> well, they didn't valid. want to
1: sit the yeah, bench. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah.
2: So, and and that, that made all three of my daughters, they did not enjoy it. It wasn't where they wanted to be. They wanted to be out there on the field. Mm
1: -hmm. What were your expectations, though? I'm sure you had like a family expectation for the attitude that was...
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, we're like, hey, if you are on the bench, you are cheering your teammate on. You are not on your phone, which you would be shocked at how many athletes you see on their phones on the bench. No way. It's like, oh, no, Mm -mm. Mm. Mm ma'am. You don't do that. Um, And I mean... You better be rooting for your for your teammates. You better be high-fiving them yes. when they come off the field or the court. Yep. Um, you be the best teammate you can be while you're on the bench.
3: That's right. And Maddie
2: perfected that in college <laughs> mm. because she, she spent had to. 90% Bless of her, her time mm-hmm. on the the bench because of injuries. And um she was awesome. Mm. She was so encouraging. It was just so sweet to watch her um, encourage her teammates mm-hmm. and just be so excited for them um, whenever they did well and to um, lift them up whenever they didn't do well mm-hmm. so to
1: me that sounds the picture that's coming to my mind is dying to yourself mm-hmm. that's such a that's, yeah, that's good such a picture of Jesus mm-hmm. to me is like the humility yeah. that comes with thinking of others above yourself it's I a mean, it, conversation it,
3: it is i was not to say it's a, it's there's so much um growth Mm. I think in that. And I mean as hard as it is to see your child sit the bench. I mean, I'm 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 coming off of a we just had a very nice run for volleyball in state. Um, and my daughter sat the bench literally the entire season. And I didn't necessarily have anticipation that she was always gonna be on the floor. It would have been nice if maybe she saw it just a smidge, but because <laughs> I am competitive. No, anyway, but um <laughs> It was, it was always really nice to watch Addie. Addie was very similar to Maddie. Um, cheering those buddies on. Mm-hmm. Loved them. Happy to see their success happen. I mean, knew that they deserved all the success and cheering that they got. Um, so uh, we were awfully proud of her when we'd watch her on the bench. And it, it kind of almost became a funny amongst the parents, because if they're going to hear any voice on the bench, it was not the coach's voice. It was Addison's voice (laughs) who was cheering her teammates on, which was really sweet to listen to. Um, Yeah. I mean, she was a hoot, but um, well, after at the end of the season, I had actually a a parent text us and say, um, out of all the players, she's enjoyed watching everybody play. But one of her all time favorite things was just watching Addison and the way she behaved and the way she handled herself. And um, I'm sure you shared that with her. I have not to. shared it with her yet. I was kind of wanting the dust to settle just after the season was over mm-hmm. and all. And then, and then, but we've talked a lot about just the character and mm-hmm. how you handle yourself with it. Cause it matters. People are paying attention mm-hmm. to the athlete on the floor mm-hmm. and the athlete that's cheering everybody 100%. on also. So, um, so, and it pays off, honestly, um, there's probably more character building and what she's sitting on that bench than her playing this past year. I would mm-hmm. have to say at this mm-hmm. point um, yeah. for what she's had to learn about herself and how she handles a hard situation. So anyway, it's good. That's yeah, a there's a lot I of never beauties. thought about. Yeah, beautiful things. With yeah, that. Maddie did a great job
2: about becoming um, learning her spot on the team, and she'll tell you now she she
3: would not change it. Um, she learned a lot about herself. She learned a lot yeah. about herself, yeah. and then probably she, lessons you couldn't have per you know, like you oh, yourself have taught her. She had to walk that road to do it.
2: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely.
3: You know, now that she's she's working on her
2: master's degree and she's working with the soccer team at ETSU, mm. you know, it's just her passion. This is what she loves. So,
0: yeah, I, that's awesome. That's so great. I think a lot of um, my dad used to say to us, "You need to do something that you can." do forever like golf
3: mm, that's why for example that's exactly right yep.
0: yeah you don't, You may not there's not like a golf team necessarily
3: you, yeah, there you is. may not be at Pebble Beach yeah there is
0: <laughs> but yes but when play you're an adult you can be 80 years old and team. Play, yeah. it, play sure you're doing it with you know your corporation that's or correct
3: um, yeah Johnny gets asked family reunions. and scrambles all the time because mm-hmm. you can't find lots of girls that play yeah or tennis
0: or racquetball or something like that you can just continue doing it
2: lots of business happens on the golf yes what I hear.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I am so bad. I can't even do a miniature <laughs> golf. I'm so bad at it.
1: Anyway. So do we want to hit time spent on sports? We talked a little bit about it, but we, we've got numbers here. And we um, could just ask. Yeah, like, sure. Kind because of,
0: this is kind of the crux that of was the my matter. Thing.
1: Yeah, that was my thing. So
0: the average child spends 11, almost 12 hours, 11.9 hours per week on their sport. With the most popular sports, baseball at Mm 13.4 basketball 12.3 and soccer at 10.8 kind of all around that mark but some parents reported that their children play upwards of 60 hours a week during their sports season which is more than the average college athlete in any sport Mm -hmm. according to ncaa research um by the time you count up like all those hours in the practice room before school all that stuff afterwards all the training things that you have to do um and in college it's even higher like you're fitting your classes in there, barely, because they they are
1: concerned about the academics. But
0: yeah, you, you are. That's what you're doing in college is you're going to be a college basketball player. Yes. So
1: and this time, I'm assuming is not the minivan time that you were talking about as well. This is just the no, time you're on you're actually on the field
0: uh, or yeah. in the weight room. This is
3: minus mom and dad. Minus this is mom and dad sport mm-hmm. focused. Yeah.
0: Right. So, Amy, if you're taking this much time with a child's physical development what other areas might be getting less of an investment? Yeah,
3: yeah. So you're talking to Children's Minister Amy at this moment. <laughs> yes. yes. Not Sports Mom, who's very competitive, <laughs> Amy. Um, well, I mean, it is it is a given. Um, I mean, I've been doing children's ministry for 17 years now, so I've watched children grow up through my ministry and through our youth ministry. So I'm just going to take our, what I've experienced and watched. And um, typically what ends up happening, if the family is not polar focused. And I mean, really, truly intentional. And, um, we actually talked about earlier that the family knows who they are and the direction they want to go as a family. Mm -hmm. Um, meaning spiritually, not, not, we really was sports oriented. Well, you're getting it. Um, (laughs) but if you, if that is so important to you for your child to know and love the Lord and to seek him, um, and him only, then I think it is, I have seen so many kids, and families step away from their walk. Now, that's being as an outsider looking in. I don't know what they're doing in their home every day. I don't know what's actually happening in their car. I don't know. But um, I will say their attendance at church is like no longer existent, mm-hmm. you know, or we might see them every once in a while. Um, They're definitely not connected within the church body. Their children definitely aren't connected within either the youth group or even have a group of spiritual friends at church. Now, they might have church- spiritual friends all day, every day in other areas. I'm not physically seeing them. But um, I've only seen, honestly, a few families truly navigate those waters from my seat um, that's why you're here. You're not being have, judgy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm tra- it's hard to be judged because yeah, I, I don't want to come across no, judgmental you're, about you're it. You're one of
1: the few moms who sees this number of
2: people. That's, so just say what you see. It. Feel so free to say it.
3: I feel what I have witnessed is very few families have been able to navigate the intentionality of a sport and stay connected within their church family. And typically what happens is it starts with the child and the child will say, I don't feel connected at church. And no wonder, I'm really not shocked that they're not, you guys are never here. And the only way I get more connected is the more time you spend with somebody. And my guess is they're very connected with their team and their team family, but probably not as connected with their friends at church. And um, not every relationship happens in the middle of Bible class, but there are so many other activities that happen that you're probably missing those also. So some of it, I think you can die by the sword of the sport, and I think it's a detriment personally. That's what I physically see. Um, i consider and say this in front of Lori because I walk that road with Lori, um, and so I've watched Lori when and their whole family navigate when Madison was on a travel team, which was not just a season; it was literally all year long travel team. And um, but I mean, they had a family meeting. They discussed it. How's this going to look? How, what are we spiritually doing about this? What are, And I mean, you guys were so intentional about it. And guess what? Maddie stayed a part of church. I don't think anyone would have said, where's Maddie? Where's Maddie? I don't know where she is anymore. Mm. I guarantee you. I mean, that wasn't it. She was a part of, and I mean, we all still know your family. You've still stayed involved. I bet not most of us even know that they navigated those rows because whenever they could be there, they were there. Um, and I thought, I, I thought you guys handled it well. You are one of the, handful, literally and I'm holding out one hand of families that I've seen really navigate those roads well. Mm. For as many positive pieces as
2: there are about um, travel sports, um, there's a a, a negative side um, that can get pretty ugly. And um, we had a situation where Maddie was playing on a, just a regular, you know, rec team. And um, someone wanted her to try out for the, you know, they saw her run she can run fast. And so long story short is I went to the meeting and it was like, okay, we're going to practice on Wednesday nights and we're going to play in Nashville. And at that time I was like, oh my goodness, I am not driving to Nashville to play a game. That's insane. <laughs> I wish, For listeners who are far away, that's like 30 minutes. Yeah, not minutes. far
3: at all. But, but I was th- like, there's <laughs> no
2: way I'm going to get the car and drive 30 minutes to play a game. So I told him no. And, um, then I had somebody else, another coach call and say, Hey, we're going to do something that's a little less. We're going to compete a little bit, but we're going to not practice on Wednesday nights. And, um, I said, okay, you know, I can, we can walk that if it's not going to be as much. And, uh, I'll just never forget the first practice, the other coach showed up and looked at me and was like, well, I see you made your choice. And Mm. that began this really just bad taste in my mouth. I was like, what is that? What do you mean? I mean, I don't understand why you're being so mean. And that that particular coach um, really made it difficult for Maddie and our family uh, to, to to play sports in Murfreesboro. And um, so we had a team. She was on a team. And long story short, uh, they ended up taking everybody on the team except Madison. Mm. I mean, those are hard, that's a- hard yeah. lessons. You know, all of her friends got to play on this team except her. And that's when Madison came to me and she's like, okay, I've been doing my research. I want to go play in Franklin because they have the best team in Tennessee and I want to be on that team. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> now we're really getting serious because Franklin is about a 45 minute drive. And that means I'm going to have to drive you up there three nights a week for practice. I, mean, I don't even know if you can make that team. And, of course, I called them, and they're like, yeah, we'll take her. They're hands down, no problem. So that's the family meeting that, yeah. that Amy and was And you had a about. younger
3: child at home and yes. an older child at yes. home. And so that was completely different for your family. Like, what? Mom's gone three nights a week. Or yeah. dad. So we did.
2: We had a family meeting, and we talked about it. And um, we prayed about it. And you know, we said, well, we as a family will have to make sacrifices um, to let Madison try this to see if this is what she wants to do. And um, they all we all agreed. Okay, let's give it a shot and see where it goes. Um, my other two were playing soccer at the same time as well, so they both stayed in Murfreesboro. Mm. Um, all three of my daughters played travel soccer. Um, at one point, I had three daughters playing for three different travel teams. Oh, My goodness! So um, it's <laughs> how you know, and how that's do kind you have of enough what of you. Well, that's that's your community, you know, and so. We, I don't know, we also don't have family here, so mm-hmm. uh, we got really good at asking for help um, and, and reaching out mm-hmm. to different people and, um, you know, yeah it, God blessed us through that process and we spent a lot of time praying about, okay, you know, Lord, I don't know if this is where you want us to go. I don't know what your plan is, but God, can you just please provide um, if, if this is what, what we're supposed to do? Um, there was just a lot of, there's a lot of, I think, insecurities all about around sports and parenting. And I, we talked about this in our other podcast, mm-hmm. you know, we're always questioning ourselves as parents. Are we making the right choice? Um, do I say yes? Do I say no? What are the consequences going to be 20 years down the road? We did not do everything correctly at all. Um, I think if you talk to Drew and I, um, we would have done things differently. If you talk to Madison or Alex, uh, and and it's funny because all th- you have to know your kids, right? And I mean, Alex was competitive as well, and mm-hmm. she she played on that soccer team, and she liked to win. And and Mackenzie, the baby, she liked to win too, but like. She was like, all right, let's look at where the best shopping is for the,
3: the soccer tournaments. <laughs> Mackenzie, my girl. Let's go
0: to Birmingham. Then, yes. We're not going
3: to go you know, some places not good shopping. Still through all that, what I, um, you guys were – just even that little family meeting and all the things, you were intentional. Very. Um, so I would say if you and Drew feel like there's different things you needed to do, I would say on my end, watching you guys, um, you were intentional in the most spiritual manner for your kids because in the end um, – that was your ultimate, like that was the 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 line, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think you guys did a very good job of navigating those waters. And it, you did not die by the sword of the sport. So just so our,
1: our, our ladies can come away with a one, two, three. Okay. You're talking with your husband and you're praying about it. Yes.
3: There's one.
1: You're reaching out to your community. Mm-hmm. We're always saying, be intentional, have your people mm-hmm. that you can mm-hmm. actually call and say, I need help. Yep. You had that. What did the time in the car look like? I'm guessing that you were, you. I'm I'm I don't know this. I'm just, I'm guessing you utilized it, at least in part, to have conversations.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Intentional. The car's the best place, I think, for conversations. You don't have so to look each other good. in the yeah, eye. You can just all look so ahead. It's you know. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Now, a lot of times there were, you know, I may have four kids in the car with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I'll that's a honest. different conversation. It's well, Or you're listening to a conversation. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about right there, Renee. You are keeping quiet and you are listening that's to right. what they're talking about because you get more information in a car.
0: All of a sudden you're invisible and they
2: Yes, see you Yeah, for sure. So that was kind of nice to really hear what was going on and and really was going on in mm. the girls' world. Um, but also there were a lot of um, – conversations that we had with all of the girls in the car, um, where we were able to ask some really hard questions and we were able to navigate some, some tough waters and talk about what, you know, are you happy? And the one thing we kept, we would say over and over to all of our girls is, Hey, you don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, this is your choice. Um, you will not let us down if you don't play. You will not let us down that's if good. you're on the that's, second team. That's a real nugget right there. Mm-hmm. If you're on the third team, we don't care. Right. You know, are you happy um, with what you're doing? Are you? Is it making you better? Do you like who you are at the field playing that sport? Um, and if it's not making you happy, then let's stop and figure out what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Very that's wise. great. That's really good. I mm-hmm. love that. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful.
0: Everybody needs to stop and take take yes. the pulse for a minute. Like Absolutely. Just take a breath. You don't have to just. I think that's that's the thing though. You jump in and start it's swimming. Like, What's next? And What's, you, next? Yep, What's next? What's yep. next? Oh, then you got this other <laughs> opportunity, and and it's really hard for parents and kids to then stay pump the brakes a minute. Well, wait. Do I really want to do this?
3: Yeah. I I um well you were saying that here's something I've noticed just this, and maybe it's just now opening up my eyes because I'm seeing it more, but like, I know that baseball is always in the spring, but it's now in the fall. (laughs) And I was like, what I said to a parent a couple of weeks ago, I was like, when did baseball start in the fall? And they're like, yeah, I know. Right. And I think everyone feels they need to be a part of it um, because you don't want to be left behind. You don't want everyone to move on and now your kids on the lower team or whatever. I guess that's what it is. I don't know. I'm not walking that road, but, um, very interesting because mm-hmm. then it is the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and right. it's not just kids' sports. I mean, that's one you know. So
2: Drew is getting out of college athletics; he's been doing it for thirty years, and I I can remember about ten years ago whenever they made that switch of okay, there's no break now, the NCAA we're going to take away that t- you can practice all year long. Mm-hmm. Well, the number of injuries went up, um, and and it's just. It's hard. It's Mm -hmm. hard on their minds. It's hard on their bodies uh, because they're using those same muscles over and over again.
0: Yeah. And And there's burnout. Exactly. That was my point. Yeah. Yeah. After a while, it's not about the sport anymore and it's just not fun, which is what every parent – like that was the thing that parents said they wanted from it was to be fun. That's Mm. right. So if you're not stopping every now and then and saying, hey, wait, like is this still fun for you? Yeah. Then somewhere that question got lost and -hmm. the motivation got lost. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: So, yeah. And it is expensive. Let's talk about that. Yes.
0: You had this number
3: on here, <laughs> no. Bonnie, that makes Let's your head spin.
1: Let's not talk spin. about it. Um, <laughs> the, it's you, stressful. I, I heard this. Actually, I heard this. is funny you found this statistic because I was just at a conference, um, for na- National Conference for Churches, and one of the pastors spoke on discipleship of, of your children. Mm-hmm. And um, he hit – youth sports really hard. Oh, really? And he, um, just because of what you're saying, like yeah. what you described you're saying is mm-hmm. that parents are are just not counting the cost. There's no intentionality. They're just turning their kids over to these youth yes. sports. And he said more money is spent on youth sports than professional sports in the U.S. by $2 billion. Ooh, that's so your number, he, these are the numbers he said in his talk. It was yeah. $19 billion in the youth sports market in the United States, and it was 17 for professional. And he said, so your child is part of a machine that makes mm. money. Oh yeah.
0: Good. And well, they say are, that again they for are, the people in the
1: back. <laughs> yeah. It, and so they are not, they, they do not have the love and, and the, and the care, dreams yeah, for, for your, your child, child that mm-hmm. you have. And you need to be aware that, that it is to their financial advantage mm-hmm. to have your child on their team. Again, you can be a Lori and a Drew or an Amy and a Robert and go, okay, what's our intention here? What's our goals? Mm-hmm. You can walk through it with intentionality, mm-hmm. but don't just throw them into this big, huge mm-hmm. machine and, and turn over and give away all your time and right. your money.
0: Without stopping to think And your money,
1: without counting It'll the cost. It'll just keep turning and turning mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> as long as you let it yeah. turn. Yeah. This, uh, yeah, the one statistic was uh, the average across sports per year was 693 but that doesn't sound very big, right? Mm-mm-mm. But even the least expensive sports had some parents spending in excess of $9,000 per year on one child. Ice hockey was the most expensive. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> baseball, gymnastics, ice hockey, skiing and snowboarding, which we don't have here in Tennessee. Swimming and tennis. Some parents spend $12,000 or more in one year, with tennis was the highest at $34,000. Mm-hmm. But for one child mm-hmm. for one year, that's more than college tuition in a lot of cases. Yeah, right. Which, and the odds we've already said of them getting any kind of scholarship out of that are really, really low. So your return on investment, unless that child just loves that sport more than life itself, is really low.
1: Right. So yeah, I, I, you know, just count the cost, parents mm-hmm. of like of.
3: I would agree with that. I think start, you have to start with a plan. Pretty much with anything you do with parenting, you have to have some sort of a plan. So, I mean, you need to make sure you talk it through that you and your husband are aligned with the thought process, and that doesn't mean that you're like. Um, I'll just have to say, like, I'm more, I mean, Robert would say he's competitive. No doubt I'm more competitive. Oh, I've sat next to you (laughs) at games. You're definitely (laughs) competitive. (laughs) But meaning aligned in the fact of, okay, what are we not willing to sacrifice? We are not willing to sacrifice this. And so those kind of alignment, I think, has to happen. And if it's not there, ooh, yeah, y'all need to figure that out before you walk that road. Because I think it can get out of control pretty quickly. Um, And that if y'all are doing it together, that you're enjoying doing it doing this together. Right. Um, and you got to put some boundaries I think onto, because you are going to be, um, you are going to be thrown into probably a whole group of people. All of them might be amazing and wonderful. There might be a whole group that's not even remotely, um, wanting to raise their children in the spiritual manner that you are. And so you've got to be real on, have a handle on that before you start navigating those roads together too. Um, cause you can get sucked in real easy. It's easy to get sucked in, especially if your kid is the star player. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy to get sucked in because, I mean, everyone wants to be around you and your kid. I mean, it is it is true. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to go ahead and have your ground laid out. Like, this is what we want to be about. This is important to us. Um, I'll just remind our listeners from the last good. interview yeah. with you where you, yeah, you and Robert would regroup every
1: school year for like, mm-hmm. hey, what's our goals for our yes. girls? Mm-hmm. That's yep. just worth in the sports world. It is. Just worth having a regular regroup. Yes, I agree. As
0: your your children get older, involve them in that too.
3: Absolutely. Like
0: if they don't have some piece of that pie as part of their goal, Mm -hmm. you'd be like, wait, hold up. Where's, Mm -hmm. where's your spot for this? Right. How are we fitting a small group into this? Or how are we fitting, you know, where's your prayer time in there? Right.
3: And I want to say, I've talked about the church thing and I I do not think church begins and ends in Bible class. Granted, that is my job. (laughs) And so I'm all passionate about it. But, um, I mean, I think there are also other ways to navigate either like your child's friendships at church. If they they aren't able to be there, let's just say it happens. I mean, as Robert says, it's a communist sport. Either uh, everything they do for soccer is on a Sunday morning. (laughs) So anyway, I say that to say, but uh, it's our, it's our running joke. It is our running joke. That's why I can say that to her. But anyway, all that to be said, um, But making sure that when y'all are home, hey, we're having those kids over. We're making sure that they are staying connected in some form or fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just thinking this past week about a family, as we're sitting here talking, about a family whose child plays soccer, and they are great at soccer. They will do well at soccer, barring that nothing crazy happens. Um, But we had an event on Sunday night. Guess what? They were there late, but they were there. He mm-hmm. was there. And guess what? Mom and dad didn't even stick around. They left and let, let that child be there. Mm-hmm. And it was just for a little bit of the time, but he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to church like either in the uniform because there's always practice, of course, because mm-hmm. it's communist sport on Wednesday <laughs> night. They I practice on Wednesday <laughs> night. No, I'm, I'm being funny once I'm saying that to you, but anyway, but, um, they're, they are, I mean, they're there. And like our church does, um, meals on Wednesday night, the youth group does, and this child's not even in the youth group, but they go out there, they eat the meal and then take them to, to, um, to practice practice. Mm -hmm. well because he's he's still in that orbit they've not missed Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. that's genius that's Mm -hmm. genius planning very genius thinking Mm -hmm. um i mean there is no doubt that Mm -hmm. their son knows without them even verbally having to say it this family of people these spiritual people are important and we want you around it as much as possible Mm -hmm. this is good we know you're great at it we're going to support you in it but this is this is this is our people um yeah. So I, I think they're they're handling that. Well, guess what? They'll be one of the handful of families that have navigated that because they're already laying that out. Sure. Me's in elementary school and they're already doing a fabulous job job of it. And my parents that I see showing up with their kids in the uniforms, like, go, go for it. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're trying mm-hmm. their best Great. to navigate both roads. Excellent.
2: Hey, I want to say one more thing when you were talking about the money aspect. Mm -hmm. One of the things I would love to encourage parents to do is to do your research because you don't have to do everything that the sports world tells you you have to do. And so, you know, not only is there travel ball, but then there are all sorts of different levels of travel ball and there's ECNL and there's all these different things. And um, you don't have, that is a money maker Mm -hmm. and you don't have to, you can really get caught up in that. So, mm.
0: well, yeah. And it just creates this whole cycle of uh, yes. lower income families aren't doing that.
2: That's right. They can't
0: do that. That's right. So, yeah. So, I just want to say one word about uh, hazing, just because we didn't touch on that. Um, and I just think this is a conversation to have. Yeah. If it you is. haven't had it with your child who's playing sports, just have a conversation. Uh, I just was reading a recent book on raising boys, and there's a whole section that really blew my hair back a little bit on. The code of silence around hazing, um, just because your child has not said anything about it to you does not mean they have not experienced it or participated in it. Mm. Um, They kind of jump on board with the participating, just like the freshman initiation, you know, if it was done to you. So in the U.S., high school student-athletes estimates as many as 800,000 kids are hazed a year, and that's 25% of that is before age of 13. In sports. In sports, yeah, and a lot of that, we've um, I've heard some incidents in the news too. Like, I mean, it goes all the way up to college, but in high school with the travel ball and the um, away games and you're staying at the hotels overnight and stuff like that and the coaches are busy doing something else and yeah, it can get nasty and they're not going to report it because there's this, it's just what we do in the mm. team and you know we did it so you have to do it kind of thing. So those are just, in today's world- like you said, Renee, you're, you're kind of handing your kids over to this um, environment sometimes and you don't always know who's on the team or where they've come from or what's allowed. And the coaches may not know. So yeah, yeah it's just like any other conversation that you hate to have with your child, but you probably need to just go with your
3: eyes subject. open. Yes. One of
0: those conversations in the car.
1: And look at their phone. Yeah. And look at the yeah. text messages. Talk yeah. to them. Yeah. exactly.
0: So these are, I think really great wisdom nuggets that these ladies have brought with us today. Um, Just ask yourself, how do you spend your time and your money? What are your family values? What do you want most for your child at the end of the day? Um, If they could never play sports again, would you still love them?
3: Right. Do they know that? And do they know their value? Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah. And what are you willing to give up for your child to to play sports? So those are all really great conversations to have. And I think – Every year before you enter that, before you sign all that paperwork and buy that cute little uniform or that dance outfit, just have a family conversation about that.
1: Agreed. Very much. And so many beautiful perspectives today, different perspectives on how to kind of look at it, look at it and go about it and Mm -hmm. know your family one size doesn't fit all. No, it does not. Nope. It doesn't. Really good. And um, we'll have these resources that we talked about on our website, maybe some links to those statistics, those crazy yeah. $19 billion statistics <laughs> um, on justaskyourmom.com. And you can connect with us on Facebook and on Instagram. And if you would just take a few seconds to rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends and family, that helps us in the rankings.
0: Yeah. So send us your suggestions, just ask your mom, podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on
1: Just, just ask, ask Your Mom. mom.